We're back in the National Stadium this past Saturday night for being the elite live in Dublin, which was their big uh, year-ending event with uh, the members of the elite, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Marty Skrull as kind of the flagship imports, and the big Jordan Devlin, uh, Mark Haskins title match as far as the big kind of continuous OTT stories go. So, uh, Paul, mm. in, in general, what did you make of this show? Uh, a, a very mixed bag. Very mixed bag. Um, yeah. I have the eight matches in front of me. Um, and I'm ca- I count four and a half, let's say. I think we're the right side of good. Mm. And then three, three and a half. I think we're, we're bad. Um... So yeah, I think all in all, how how would you describe the night? Um, a little bit disappointing. I, I think it was one of the weaker, weaker OTT shows. Um, part, well, that I've attended. I've only attended so many. Whatever, ten yeah. or so. Um, I feel like I think I feel like the atmosphere was was very good for some matches, but the the Tivoli atmosphere I just don't don't think can be replicated in the stadium just just the size of it and the, the, the way it's, it doesn't sound as loud even though there are more people there um yeah and yeah some of the some of the the matches were just not very fun and were very long um some of them just yeah felt like they went on forever and the intermission felt like it went on forever i don't know how so the uh the the general vibe the general complaints i had were the same i always have with this which is that i think it's just too long um, I think them not having the restriction of just being booted out of the Tivoli at, by, at a certain time just throws them completely off. I think they absolutely need that. I think in general, in terms of the time of night it finishes, it's too long. But also, yeah, every single match, including the really good ones that I enjoyed, with the exception of maybe the main event, I think every other match outstayed its welcome, I thought. I thought there was nothing that couldn't have been trimmed a little bit uh, and the and yeah, the actual matches and I'm, I'm with you uh, were, were a mixed bag. I thought this was the weakest stadium show. I thought it was probably the weakest OTT show that I can recall since I've been going. Um, yeah, I, I I had some problems with it. In general, I would still say it was a good show. I would still say that it was a, a fun time. Um, but I I had and and but I had some some pretty sizable problems with it. So I guess we can start. Do you want to start from like the bottom? Just start yeah, from right I want to give credit as well, though. To the stuff that was good, I thought was very good. Um, and the stuff that I didn't enjoy, I'd say a lot of it was unfortunately due to due to the the Bullet Club. <laughs> um, oh yeah, big time. Big which, time. which was just super, super self indulgent, and I think at the expense of the show, it, it it was it was it was so bad. Now a lot of people loved it. A lot of people were getting into the. The one suite and so on, you know that that, that 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 stuff was fine, but they kind of go into business for themselves a little bit too much, and it, it just Absolutely. became it just became the Young Book show and the Cody show. Mm. Um, I said it to my a pal of mine afterwards. It's like it's like we didn't even get to see a Dalton Castle match, basically. No, um, I, I I said when we were coming out of it, I said I may as well have not seen Dalton Castle and the boys because that's the impression I have of them. It's like I have yeah. no lasting memory at all, which is a shame. 
But uh, so um, yeah, we'll we'll go through the card here. From and one thing I will say is the production was again top notch, um, as it always is for these shows. Um, uh, you know the 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 stadium. Yeah, I I would also agree that just in general now, now that we've had three of them, I think I can just generally say I just enjoy them less than the Tivoli. There's just something about them. The pacing is is different and slightly worse. The atmosphere is cool in some ways because it is 2,000 people and generally they are all into it, but it's... um, it is just a different vibe, and, and it's not quite the same. So, but the production uh, aspect of it is great. So we'll start here at the um, with the dark match, which I guess isn't going to be on the VOD. I don't know what. Even the though, even though is. they recorded it and we're doing commentary during it. Yeah. So, so I think I was talking to someone about it. And I think it was kind of just for the purpose of the storyline. They called it that. They basically, and uh, I think we mentioned this last week at the last Contenders show. They basically did an angle where the three standouts got to face British Strong Style uh, and Nathan Martin, who I would consider one of the best contenders they have. Um, he did not get picked, and so he um, uh, he got as, as a make good. They were like, "Okay, we'll give you a, a dark match," and he faced um, Speedball Mike Bailey in this opener. Mike Bailey obviously is is uh, fantastic. Uh, our wrestler very very weird that they announced him very late and in the dark match i don't know what the logic of that was um especially after previously outright telling people that he wouldn't be on this show i don't know was that a thing that they that they said that oh no yeah because because they they announced him for belfast and people were like what about dublin and they straight up said he's oh yeah yeah Belfast. so i don't know if it was like a last minute thing where he had a cancellation or what but um yeah, so he, uh, so it was uh, Bailey versus Martin, and uh, I thought they had a, a very, very strong dark match. As, as you would expect, it was a, it did feel like a traditional dark match in the sense that they did some cool stuff, but they did not go balls to the wall. Uh, incredible match. It was a lot of uh, Bailey just kind of kicking the shit out of Martin. Uh, Martin just has incredible fire, incredible babyface fire. He's so likable, great seller, great at firing up. Uh, feels like rock solid on the fundamental level. So obviously a guy like Bailey, who's like really flashy and exciting and, and very experienced, can have a great match with him. Uh, I thought this was just a pitch-perfect, pitch-perfect opener uh, uh, for the show. Yeah, that was great. Um, one of probably the top two or three matches on the show overall, I would say. Um <laughs> Looking at the card now, it's crazy that this was one of only three singles matches on the on the entire card. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, without getting too much ahead, one of them was a new good baby. Um, yeah, Speedball is one of those guys who like um, like Pete Dunne later on and like Phoenix later on. One of those guys that I watch and I get the feeling like they're just so crisp, so smooth. Yeah, um, but um, they're really at the top of the game. Martin obviously is is well on his way there. Um, and Martin, I think, is 17, I think. It's crazy when I keep hearing that, that all these guys yeah. are, are like 10. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, with, I was with a pal who is not familiar with the youngsters. And, and during the legit 100 match, I was like, yeah, Scotty's like 17. He's like, what are you talking about? That's not possible. He's got a mustache, damn it. Yeah. He's, um, he's got a better mustache yeah. than I could grow. And I'm nearly uh, oh, 30 same, next year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he he's blowing us away in that department. The one thing I'd say about Martin that he has over even the three guys who are in the the strong style match, um, I feel like he's less skinny than they are. Not that I want to say that as like a constant negative, but you know, you watch Sky Davis, you watch Curtis Murray, they are very small, 
Um, yeah. Nathan Martin is the one of like the four of those contender guys who are on the show who has a bit of a like bulk to him. And, and you'd imagine kind of as he gets older that that'll that'll grow as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, and I, and I agree what you said about Bailey, and also about the singles matches because when they when they switched the women's match, which we'll talk about in a moment, yeah. uh, that was a that was a rare instance of the people on the Facebook page, which are generally very positive. Um, they were really annoyed. They were annoyed that they weren't getting a women's title match, and they were annoyed that they were getting another multi-person match, which we'll get to in a bit. But um, yeah, so that was that. Uh, so that that was great. And so yeah, they they kind of they did their pomp and circumstance, their their uh, video packages and their announcer entrances after that match. Uh, but I am I am unclear as to whether or not that 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 you know what I think they might do. Maybe they'll put that speedball match up for free or something. They'll put it up. On That'd YouTube, be a nice little. Uh... Little gesture there, I think, because it was a really good yeah. match. It was a good match, good good spotlight for Nathan, and and plus it's got speedball, so you'll get some eyes on OTT, which is good. Uh, so after the announcers did their usual shtick, they um, uh, the opener was Bobby George Jr. versus Paul Tracy for the uh, um, the career of Bobby George on the line. Bad bad news right off the bat is that Tony Idol was not present. Um. Uh, he did. He did the intro for Bobby George via the video, uh, yeah. and he was funny. He was very funny as he always is. But uh, I was kind of hoping it was a swerve and he'd come out for the finish. But alas, there was no Tony Idol. I assume he had some kind of uh, scheduling conflicts. Uh, what Palomide was like? The, the Palomide was like, "Oh no, that's the story. He's hurt." I was like, "Yeah, but like, he could have worn that cast gimmick that he had on the video. Like, he could have come out with that." You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I would imagine. I would imagine he was unavailable that night. Um, um, yeah, I mean he's a legit actor as well, so he might have been. Yeah. he might have been doing something to gaiety or something. Um, uh, now my brother made a really good point about this: is that with Bobby George, he he's not a, exactly a Curtis Murray, so no. so presentation is of like the utmost importance, and when you take away one of the key aspects of that presentation, which is Tony Idol, it does kind of fall a little flat. And Bobby George himself was a little bit, a little bit laying in thick, the, the, the begging for chance, <laughs> which I uh, noticed. He'd keep turning around, like doing the stand up, like asking people to stand up if you love the dark, like doing that all the time. And uh, fortunately, as much as I love Bobby George, I think when you take Tony Idol out of the act, it's not very good. Yeah, I I thought it was majorly hurt by the lack of Tony Idol and also by the um, uh, uh, the, the this was a this was a key example of the difference between the Tivoli and the stadium. Um, generally speaking, I don't feel like you know huge amounts of people didn't know who he was, but there was there was definitely not you know all two uh, all two thousand people knew who he was. All two thousand people were into the spots. That definitely wasn't. And that's why you need Tony Idol to make that first impression with a lot of people. Uh, so twice he did the because uh, I think in every match actually he goes for the sixty one twenty one uh, or, or sorry the sixty what is it sixty one twenty one hundred and eighty yeah he always fails and then he does it the second time and he gets it that time and like both times it was like a, like a small smattering of people got it and even and like even the one hundred and eighty which is such an easy chant to, to get to get kind of didn't really get the whole crowd and I, and I think it did suffer because it is. It is all shtick, and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that when the shtick works and you have the manager there doing the shtick and you have the crowd who knows the shtick. Uh, but it was it was not quite at the level um, 
of, of overness that you get at the Tivoli. And yeah, I mean, as a match, it's like, I, you know, was anyone expecting a, a, a classic bell to bell on this one? No. Did they, did they mention as well? Because I don't, I don't remember hearing it mentioning the, the stipulation that if Bobby lost, he would be fired. I don't think they said I that think before. They did. did they? I think they did. I think they did. Okay. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I think, I think they did. Yeah, I think I remember them saying. Okay. That. Okay. Um, uh, not exactly a match that kind of felt like it was a payoff to that feud, though. It just felt like a little, an unmemorable, slow match. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I guess um, they they didn't really sell it enough. Like, I don't think Paul Tracy was that dominant that it felt like Bobby George was really. It just felt like a back and forth kind of match. Yeah, they didn't really they didn't really play into the whole stipulation. I thought I thought the beatdown last month was great, but um, but yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I don't know that that Paul Tracy is someone that the people buy. It, it kind of felt like a here's a story we can do with Bobby with a guy we don't mind him beating. Because in general, Bobby's not a guy they're going to ever push, obviously, you know, as a, as a, as a winner. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like, it got the pop at the aid, but yeah, just the lack of Tony Idol heard it and the match was just nothing, bell to bell. Um, so that was that match. Uh, he won with like a roll-up or something, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was that match. The second match was uh and one of the one of the um another one of the kind of the better matches of the night it was the uh the kings of the north the, the newly turned baby faces kings of the north versus the rapture which was uh zach gibson charlie sterling and Sha samuels um obviously with with the kings of the north defending the ott belts and the honor of irish wrestling uh, this is a good match. I thought it was maybe a, a level or so below a proper Kings of the North epic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, there was a crazy brawl early on. Charlie Sterling, over by you, actually, over your, your general section, took a nasty spill in like the first two minutes. Oh, man. He threw, uh, he threw a drink at yeah. one of the Kings of the North lads and then proceeded to slip in the drink. Yeah, he he he's a very animated guy. He's one of those people who loves to he's interact. Great. With fans, he's great. He's great. Shove them, throw things at him, throw their drinks. He was he threw a couple of drinks, but like the very, one of the first things he did in the match was throw a drink and then took a nasty spill on his hip on the concrete stairs of the arena. Um, Gippo, I don't know what happened to him, but they were so the first five minutes of this match was they were just scrapping all over the place. They were you know in the stands over by the which which was the, which is good fun, but it happened in like three or four of the matches that there was. It, it, Brawling everywhere, and you, and you can't see what's happening. Yeah, and the crowd were chatting. We can't see shit. Yeah, so yeah, they again maybe should have coordinated on that a bit better. So they they were brawling over the place, and somewhere along the way, Gibson like split open his elbow. I don't know if he he also took a hopper. Oh, I didn't but, see that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty nasty. Uh, oh, and Corvin in the first few minutes did a big dive as well. So this was this was you know your usual like really fun King of the North match. I think they're working super well in the babyface role because I think they're just great ass kickers. Yeah. Um, and obviously the three lads are the three Rapture lads. I mean, not big on Shaz Samuels doesn't do a whole lot for me. He's he's just kind of there because I think he has the most on the nose evil British man uh, shtick. Um. Belt Bell, he's, he's all right. He did do a crazy moonsault in this match, to be fair to him. Yes. 
Uh, and he's a big lad, so uh, so that was impressive. So here's here was the the interesting thing about this match for me is they had this match. It was very good. The finish was fucking awesome. Okay, so here's the finish. They're having this match and they're doing their near falls. Ref getting pulled out of the ring. People breaking up pins, kicking out of two. Uh, Gibson and Sterling go for basically like a uh, doomsday device, but uh, instead of a clothesline, Sterling does a, a blockbuster. Uh, and they're they're going for this move on Duncan disorderly, but Duncan like turns it into a Spanish fly midair, yeah. and so Sterling comes off the top rope. Uh, Duncan flips over, basically moonsaulting him onto the ground. Gibson thinks that Sterling hit the move correctly. Uh, Duncan is on top. The referee counts three. Gibson throws his hands into the air. Shah throws his hands into the air. They think they've won. The crowd's going crazy. The Kings of the North music hits, and Gibson turns around, stunned. That the uh, that basically he didn't even realize that that the the reversal happened. Fucking great finish, and they very pulled clever. it off. They pulled it off so well as well. Uh, just very, very clever. And again, tough to execute. I mean, my God, Duncan having to nail, like, that's a very complicated, very athletic spot to do. Uh, And the acting of Shah and and Zach was tremendous. Uh, So that was great. Seven thumbs up for the match and the finish. I was very surprised that the faces won and they chased the lads away uh, after the match. The heels tried to do a beatdown after the match and they got thrown out on their arses and chased away yeah uh, my expectation going in was you know they've they've done this great job building up the rapture for however long now nearly the whole what the last six eight months um yeah. kings of north have been the champions since last december so it kind of felt like a natural maybe passing of the torch like the for for someone to beat the kings maybe um but you know sometimes what you expect you don't get so i, I wasn't necessarily unhappy you know um, Kings yeah. of North obviously are, are the, the the one of the best acts in OTT. So for them to keep the titles is fine by me. And so I'm just interested where kind of where they, where do they go next now? Because they did this this great job building up the Rapture. That maybe that could have been like a little series of matches. Um, like yeah, you, you could do you could do the the two Kings of North against like Gibson and Sterling or you know any kind of combination. But like in the first match now, Kings just beat him straight away. So. Yeah. Now, I I think it still will be a series of matches, mm. but again, it's, it's it's you know WWE does this all the time. It's it's a bit lame when you have the the faces win and chase the lads away. Mm. It's like you you very definitively had the faces win. So, but that's you know, much like WWE, they'll probably just say fuck it anyway. Um, I mean, I can kind of understand the rationale of you just turn the king's face, so you want to maybe keep them strong. But they're True. the kings; they're always they're always going to be strong to those fans. So, yeah. um, uh, my guess. Uh, so we'll get into next month or February next. But they announced they're doing a steel cage next uh, at the next show. Yeah. Uh, Devlin and Haskins doesn't really feel like it needs a cage. Uh, I. But again, I mean, I, so I would say they could rematch this one. But again, if they were going to do that, the, the heels really should have won, shouldn't they? Yeah. Well, this, this is the point. is It's booking 101, yeah. so to speak. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe this booking is too simple. Maybe maybe they did it to to, to, to give us a surprise. But it was nice, nice to see Kings of North win. It was, it was a very good match. So, yeah, that, that was a, a good time. Uh, was the next match the women's match? Uh yeah, I think it was. I think you're right. So they did a they did a skit 
where Be Cool showed up. I love Be Cool. I think he's so underrated. His his delivery is always so great in these little segments with Angel. Uh, so he was all annoyed that the, the whole team's about Angel. Angel showed up with new gear with uh, with their faces, uh, with Angel's face on both their gear and like one knee pad with like a picture of Be Cool sleeping on it. This is so great. Uh, and so Be Cool, uh, very much like like you know Jim Duggan pulling the US title out of the bid. Uh, Be Cool is like, oh yeah, well I'm a champion now. And it, Angel Cruz goes, what do you want about? He goes, I have this belt. He's like, where did you get that from? He's like, well I just have it. Doesn't matter. So Be Cool had bought it first of all OGT again really poxy looking cheap belt no I like um, how the belt looks I like how the belt looks no I like I like the design I thought it just looked like material wise it, it looks okay. just kind of cheap like a kind of a toy belt but anyway uh, so he was like I'm the gender neutral champion uh, which which is you basically their I their weird term for like intergender basically right, so they're having they're having this old chat and uh, Humperdinck the authority figure comes in and he says oh god the two of you annoy me what the fuck's that thing and he goes I'm the gender neutral champion he's like okay fine whoever wins your tag match tonight is the gender neutral champion, um so yeah and as we said I think I think we covered this last week they inexplicably for reasons we don't know turned Kaylee Ray versus Martina into Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray and Martina versus Be Cool and Angel Cruz. I don't know why. We speculated perhaps someone was hurt. But, well, uh, I saw Logan Bryce at the show. I didn't see Sammy, Z, Sammy D anywhere, I must say. I did, uh, Sammy D wrestled on Friday, so he is healthy. Hmm. Uh, he, he had, he had a, a main event, in fact, against Jordan Devlin at Fight Factory. Okay. Uh, so, so he's right now. Logan, to be fair, I mean, Logan looked like he was moving around okay, but again, you know, he could have something that's maybe wrestling specific that he's just not able to wrestle. Again, I don't know if that was purely guesswork on our part. I maybe they just thought creatively that this was a better direction to go in, but I don't necessarily know. Let, so me, the match, let, me, let me whisper here it wasn't. <laughs> so, the match was Angel Cruz and Be Cool versus Martina and Kaylee Ray, uh, in a tag match for the basically the intergender belt in a no-holds-barred match. So this was a comedy match. It was the Angel Cruz show, um, which is all I kind of wanted, which although that was also kind of what was frustrating about it, it felt like they were kind of, they just kind of tacked Martina onto Angel Cruz, if you know what I mean. It, like, the like, this is the big show doing the yes chance. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Because it was like, it, it, Angel Cruz is the one doing the skit and it made the most sense for him and Be Cool to introduce the belt and they they paid off his six month long build of doing the old school spot uh, where he constantly needs Team Prick's help to do it. This show he does it on his own and Martina shoves him through a table. Like it just it felt like here's Angel Cruz doing all this cool stuff and and being like the fastest rising guy in OTT and the the culmination of his year was a week before the show, they switched him up to be in Martina's match, and he lost. Uh, I thought this match was fun. I enjoyed the, all the tree-based comedy. I enjoyed the crowd having a lot of fun with the match. I feel like the booking is a little bit uh, uh, eye-rolly. Uh, the idea of the intergender title feels a bit like we can't be bollocks flying in women. Well, if, if you if you were not enjoying the idea idea of Martina kind of aping on Angel's 
um, success lately. Get ready for six months of Martina fighting Be Cool and fighting Angel Cruz because that's what this title is. This is an excuse yeah. for Martina to fight the lads. Yeah, it's just... It's like, I was thinking about this today, kind of digesting the show, and I was just like, this the women's title has been a bit of a flop, uh, to, to put it mildly. You know, Katie didn't defend it very often, Martina hasn't defended it very often, the matches have not been very good. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, part of the problem is that they fly in a woman a month, and she faces whoever the champion is, and that's it. It's like, when you think of all the kind of pointless mid-card matches they've done with fellas... Like, remember we saw Jigsaw versus Travis Banks versus Mark Haskins, right? Great match. Really yeah. fun. Not denigrating the match at all. But a completely random throwaway thing that they just they just did on a random show, right? Mm. They, ne- they never do things like that with the women. They never just have two women wrestlers come over because they're awesome and they, they wrestle each other. They always bring over one woman to wrestle like Martina or whatever. Um, and it's very, it's very flat. It means that the, the women's division doesn't have any, doesn't feel like it has any depth whatsoever. Uh, they have the contenders, but obviously they're they're trainees. I mean, I don't expect them to put those trainees on the show with limited experience. So it just feels like the women's division is basically non-existent. Well, until have, until until these trainees get to a point where they can be put into regular rotation. Yeah, and, and to be and like, but you know, but like, who knows when that is, right? Because like, so I watched uh, the Debbie Keitel match from Contenders. It was really good. People said it was really good, and I enjoyed it. But I saw her tweet that it's it was her tenth match, which is like simultaneously really impressive because it, it was good, but uh, also just kind of like, like uh, okay, well, like obviously you can't have someone on these on these Tivoli shows who's had ten matches, you know. So so you know the the division is a, is a, a bit of a, a flop. But they have to have, you know, Martina do something. So they get, they make up this title so that she's still a champion, even though she has no women to wrestle, if you know what I mean. And it just feels like, I, you know, it just feels like a, a weird kind of cop out and a weird kind of uh, way to kind of extend her lifespan as a, as a, a popular act in OTT. Uh, well, strange that they did it here where they did have the whole Kaylee Ray storyline. And yet they, they did a, a reshuffle, as you say. Yeah. Um, Pro- Perhaps, perhaps just thinking that the long term will will do the intergender thing more important than uh, women. Then mm. one one more women's match, you know. But well, in fairness, uh, like I said, the, the one from the other week, uh, the other month, the the Martina Lana Austin one was one of the worst things I think I've ever seen. I think. Yeah. So so I, I I was I was not enamored with the general direction of of the division. I I was not enamored with like this is the, like all after the great year we've had and after that great match last month what they had for angel this month was you know as steve austin said doing the favors you know <laughs> for for martina you know it's just it was it was disheartening it was uh match was fun they did they did a bunch of christmas related comedy bumping onto presents uh, Angel took Christmas. out the Christmas tree as the weapon, followed by an elf as the weapon. Followed by an, an elf who who had a little elf kendo stick uh, to beat up the women. Uh, he the Christmas tree was shoved up his arse, which I liked <laughs> uh, because that 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 was like you know what in, in in the broad spectrum of comedy spots that one looks like it would actually hurt. Uh, Martina and Katie Ray, to be fair, they took a, a scoop slam into thumbtacks. I think all four uh, of them took tack bombs. 
I think they I think they did at the end. And and as I mentioned before, uh Angel usually does this thing where he, he does the Undertaker rope walk, but he gets people to hold his hand while he does it from the outside of the ring. This time he did it on his own, but Martina shoved him off and he went flying out of the ring through a table. They they to be fair, they did they did work their asses off in this match, I thought. That's they a were, hell of a bump to take as well, the backwards bump. Backwards bump out of the it. ring. Yeah. Uh, you know, all, all four of them were, were beating the shit out of each other, doing dives, taking kendo stick shots. So I, I, I thought the match was fun. I, I just thought the booking direction is it just feels very tired, and I feel like they need. There's just a general sense of not caring about women's wrestling on the show, you know, in general that, that I find very disheartening. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I didn't have so much of a problem with that. I, I kind of felt like you know this coming so close after the Kings of the North match just felt like, like a little bit overkill of. I would have preferred a little something a little bit more normal, like just a one-on-one, whatever. Almost like maybe, maybe even like uh, Katie Ray versus Martina or something. Maybe like that would have been so good. Well, because we got Kings of the North versus the Rapture, followed by yeah. Angel Cruises versus uh, Martina Katie Ray, followed by British Strong Style versus Legit One Hundred. Um, yeah. So three matches in a row. Um, I'm trying to count the people here very quickly: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Not not quite um, sixteen, but fifth because Tyler Bate wasn't there. But uh, three matches, yeah, an average of five people per match. Yeah, and I think all of those matches, because so uh, yeah, Kaylee, the the women's and Angel Cruz match that also had tons of crowd brawling, tons of sections where you couldn't see stuff. I think the legit the legit one hundred one did as well actually that match. So that was the next match. It was legit one hundred, which is the name they gave to the three top contenders which were uh, Curtis Murray, uh, Scotty Davis, and Michael May versus British Strong Style, which was Tyler... Uh, Tyler Bate was hurt, so he was out. Uh, Trent Seven and Pete Dunn. Uh, usually OTT has a make good. Tyler literally got hurt like 24 hours ago, and, and, and they had... They already had a ton of people on this. So they, they had no make good, so the dynamic for the match was very, very weird. It was Trent and, and Pete as the kind of heels they were very beloved but obviously Pete they, def- they definitely definitely worked as heels yeah yeah they because they were slapping and kicking and punching the shit out of these young i think boys. it was a good decision is- because the ledger 100 guys were you know absolutely perfect token baby faces you know these young yes irish lads it was, and it's it's really a credit to all five of these guys because Tyler being out was a really shitty curveball. Because as I said, here here's the story. So the British Strong Style lads, they're the they're the established, you know, top dogs on the entire scene. They're, they also, I think, one of them would probably weigh more than the other three combined on the other side. Trent Seven for sure. Uh, <laughs> Trent Seven's a big lad. The Bruiserweights are real thick lads. Uh, you know, the legit one hundred. So it's Tyler. Tyler Bate got them thighs if he was there. Tyler has the thighs. So it's like legit 100 are like scrawny. <laughs> that that might be their, their combined kilogram weight. <laughs> legit 100 pounds soaking wet. Um, but uh, but like it's just very weird because they had the numbers advantage, which meant it, which is a weird thing, which is kind of a heelish thing. But it was weird because it's like you, I don't, I don't think anyone expected legit 100 to win. So. British strong style being down a person kind of added to the drama in a weird way yeah. where it was like they might pull off an upset. So they had a match. It was really, really great. Again, they did some crowd brawling, which was getting a little bit tired at this at this point in the show. Uh, but 
Trent and Pete were just fantastic bully heels. They were just, yeah. Pete, Pete just, especially. He's he was the best performer on the entire show. He was as he often is. I actually think that's a great point. And I totally agree. He was just next level. He was slapping the shit out of these guys, stomping them, and, and really like and really making it just look like he was a mean veteran. Like he looked like someone who was like twenty years more than he actually is. He was great. The mean veteran. What is he? Twenty four or something? Yeah, he's like he's like younger than I am. Yeah. I think he's like the same age as Curtis Murray. He's twenty four, yeah. Yeah, Curtis is twenty four as well, so yeah. So and they and to be fair to the lads they were in Michael May is is kind of like Nathan Martin to me as well. He just he's just great fire and great you know, you, you know, when you do those spots where you slap him and he just keeps getting off, it just comes off great. And uh Scotty is just maybe the most the most technically proficient of the uh of the contenders. So uh, the contenders really held their own. One thing I thought was very cool, something you don't see, something that Pete protects quite a lot, is that Curtis got to kick out of the uh, the bitter end, yeah, uh, 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 which which I did not see coming. Um, and the the finish was Curtis getting pile driven off the second rope. Uh, and not, not not what what listeners might picture as a pile driver off the second rope, but a pile driver pile driver from the second rope. Where 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 the person doing the pile driver is is jumping into the center of the ring, not just falling from the turnbuckle. Like it was, it was not a very tame um, pile driver. It was like something you see out in WWE All Stars. Um, was a crazy pile driver from the second rope. And uh, yeah, and then, then Pete gave him the bit end, and he kicked it, and he didn't kick out the second time. Yeah, it's it's hard to fathom when when if you were to, if we were to describe this to people who weren't there, like you know. British Strong Style, the top act of the Indies, two of them as heels versus three trainees, basically. It would be hard for you to imagine how great this match was, but it really, it really overachieved. Well, two-thirds uh, of British Strong Style acting as heels versus three trainees uh, was the best match on the show. Um, oh, really? On a show, show? On a show, yeah, by a distance, I thought. On a show that also oh, featured geez. the Young Bucks and Marty Skrull and Devlin and Kings of the North. Yeah, I thought this match was... Uh, had the most heat, had the best false finishes. Um, albeit it did have a little bit of crowd brawling, I feel like the the, the good chunk, the majority of the match was in the ring. Um, Pete Dunne performance, best performance on the show. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like it had the best heel face dynamic, had the best spots in it. Um, Scotty got his, uh, his spinning like yes lock for whatever you want to call it on on Pete Dunne, done perfectly. Um. Yeah, I think the, the, the Legit 100 guys looked like they belonged. That's the biggest compliment I can give them. And uh, yeah, I thought this was the best match. Good shout. I'd say it was a toss-up between that and the Kings match, I would probably say. Um, I think I think I like this more than the Kings. Um, although that was good as well. Like you said, I felt like the Kings match was a step down from the normal Kings match, where I felt like this was a on the boil. Yeah. Uh, full-on match from stop to finish was was great. Yeah, I think I think this. Yeah, I think I maybe I think this was maybe as enjoyable as a British strong style match, but it had the extra um di- the weird extra dynamic of of it was just it was such a, it was a weird match, but it was just really. Cool Do you know what I loved different- about it as well that that I can't say obviously about the young bucks, Mary and Cody later on was this was a British strong style match where it wasn't about them doing Triple H spots and spitting oh, the water yes. out, and they actually had. A match, <laughs> you know, it was that's, actually great. That's, that's a great 
point. That is a that is a, a great point. That's that's what was different about this. There was no spit in the water. There was no putting jackets on, doing pedigrees, doing the Vince McMahon walk. There was none of that. It was just Pete Dunne and yeah. Trent Seven. Uh, and there was there was there was actually Trent did a, a funny promo before the match, but during the match there was no comedy. It was just these guys beat the shit out of these wee lads, and the wee lads try to fight back, and it was great. Um, uh, so yeah, so that that was great. Uh, was that intermission? That was intermission. That's when they announced the uh, the next show. Yeah, very very weird announcement for uh, for things. So. Stick with me here. The next show is at basically a GAA hall, uh, <laughs> which is which is way out of the way. They they build it as the arena on Suir Road, S U I R Road. Yeah, sure, is it? sure Road. Sure Road. Pardon me. Yeah, uh, I was talking to some pals of mine. I cannot find record of this place being called the arena anywhere online. It's just like it's listed as just like the community GAA hall. Or that something that like might that. be why they put on the poster directly across the road from the Lewis stuff. I think it's because I think it's because they know like a part of their brand is distancing themselves from the dark days of Irish wrestling, where you went to the local ga hall yeah. with, with with five other people to watch to watch some matches. Uh, so it's it's very very weird. So it's not at the Tivoli. It's in this this GA hall in in like outside Dublin city centre. It's not it's not a central place, is it? No, it's it's out by Kilmainham. So it's like you know where O'Connell Street is, for example. That yeah. that the Tivoli is like to the south and and slightly to the west, and then even more to the south and even more to the west is the National Arena. Sure Road is another. 20, 30 minutes west. So if you were to walk there from from O'Connell Street, you would take it a better part of probably 40 minutes. But there is a Lewis stop there, so you could take the Lewis and they'll save so, it. Uh, but it's like, I was very, I was frightened originally when I saw the location because I was like, well, maybe the Bunsen days are at an end. Maybe, just, maybe, maybe we're not going for a Bunsen and then walking for 45 minutes to the, to the place, you know. It's over by, if you can imagine on a map where where the entrance to the Phoenix Park is it's like south from there. So you're, it's even further out from what you would consider maybe the city center. Mm. So that... it's a very, very weird um, uh, location. So I heard before this show that the uh, the Tivoli was Dunsky. Well, they tweeted that it's fair. not, as a matter of fact. They tweeted that yeah, this is so the one of... I, because I was, um, I someone told me that before the show, and I was like taking it with a pinch of salt because you never know. It's like uh, we, you've heard the, you've heard the, um, the, the speculation of the demise, but when I heard that, and I was thinking, eh, I guess, I guess that's that's the big announcement. And sure enough, when I saw that uh, announcement, I was like, oh wow, is this is this the end? But they they clarified today that it is it is not the end. So they have this new venue. And they announced that it is the uh, first ever cage match in OTT history. Uh, and they also said on Twitter that that is part of why they are not doing it at the Tivoli is uh, uh, that they can't, they can't obviously facilitate the cage. The, the Tivoli is a, such a very small, restricted venue. The idea of trying to get even just get the cage into the building, I can imagine, is a fucking nightmare. So, so I, I, I do believe that as a reason. And what a card they announced, or what a roster they announced for this show. So, uh, for February, they have uh, on the poster Jordan Devlin, Pete Dunn, Zach Sabre Jr., Keith Lee, coming back, Timothy Thatcher, 
making his debut. And Mr. Sexy Chucky T making his debut. Yeah. As well as so, your favourites, Zach Gibson, Mark Haskins, Be Cool, Angel Cruz, and Martina, who are on all the posters. Yeah, they're, they're on all the I posters. I like what they did as well, is they made two posters, before because it was before the main event. One where Devlin was like front and centre, and one where Haskins was front and centre. Do you notice that when they first showed it, that they had, there were two different versions of the same poster? I did not notice that. Yeah. I thought that was a nice touch. And now officially it's called Homecoming for some reason, even though it's nothing. You think that Tivoli is their home. I don't understand why the show is called but Homecoming. Yeah, it's, it's, Maybe it's, it's a Devlin thing. It's Irish thing Wrestling. Or, it's Irish Wrestling's Homecoming to GAA Hall. <laughs> they should have called it Homecoming uh, with two A's after the G. Oh, that would be great. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if they're trialing this and they still want to be in the Tivoli. Like, I, I don't know. Um, wonder, wonder if it holds less or more. It probably hold, would hold more than the Tivoli typically would. I, so they said on Twitter that that's part of why they picked it as well. But I saw some people who know the building say that that is, that is a, bit, a bit of cardi, but that, that it's actually smaller. Mm. Well, we shall see. One thing I'm wondering about as well is um, whether it's going to maybe have assigned seats and not um, not just be turn up an hour before. Because I'm, to be honest, I love the Tivoli. Uh, but especially in those winter days, and even when it's not winter, in a more general sense, uh, I, I'm getting very tired of showing up two hours before the start of the show just to make sure I get a good seat. Like, w- yeah. one thing that was great about this show is we we arrived at the National Stadium 15 minutes before the first match. We sat down and the show started. We, did, we, we didn't arrive be, an hour before doors and then get into the arena and sit for an hour for the show to begin. It was just... Mm. Get in. We have our seats, so there's no no don't need to queue. Um, go in, sit down, and then the show starts. And although the the atmosphere and the activity is great, I am getting a little bit tired of having to stand around for a fucking hour. Today. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm googling Shore Road Arena, and I'm not seeing anything about it. It it, it must not exist. <laughs> so um. Yeah. So that's very very interesting. Uh, it seems, you know, you, I, you would imagine they are possibly trialing this with the idea that maybe they can just replace the Tivoli um, going forward. But yeah, uh, yeah, cool. The Keith Lee's coming back. Sky, Chuck Taylor's great, obviously, and Timothy Thatcher as well. Yeah, uh, great lineup. I think they obviously, you know, because it's the first time in a new venue, they really don't want this one to be a flop. Uh, but I, I saw some people were worried as well, though, because it's like... Uh, Possibly a similar or smaller, slightly smaller crowd with that big lineup. Like, what are the tickets going to cost? I'm, I'm curious what hmm. what this show, what this one's going to be. Yeah, I'm not going, obviously, but I'll, I'll be. I'm curious. Ah, uh, yeah, you 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 uh, said that this will be the um, the being delete was your. Yeah, I I one. like my 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 reservations about the general indie scene were kind of confirmed that this show. I was like, uh, so, watching some of these people just isn't this fun anymore. Because, oh, really? Because yeah, it's just like it's just not it's a, li- a little bit of the the magic is gone. So I'm not going to this one because it's just oh, like you know okay. a lot. Even though, and I love like he, I want to see Keith Lee back so bad, but but like and and Chuck Taylor as well. Those are two guys of all the ones they announced. I was like, oh, I really want to see them, but I was like, I'm I'm still good with taking some time off. So yeah, uh, mm. I'll be I'll be giving that a, a, a miss for now. I I, so, uh, I haven't yet had my my childlike splendor ruined by. Uh... Any gossip? I kind of, I kind of don't find out a lot of those things anyway. So, I'm... yeah. Well, wait, wait until Rich Swan gets booked. You know, <laughs> wait until we go off the air and Barry fills my ears with little stories that'll 
turning yeah. off. I'm looking at Sure Road, by the way, here. I, yeah. It, it just looks like a, a residential uh, residential area. I don't see where potentially this place is, could, could possibly be. Um, now, the, the pictures I'm looking at here are from from 2009 so the lewis obviously isn't there yet but even so i don't see where where this place is i have no idea where it's going to be it just looks like the most it's just houses on either side where where is this place hang on yeah it's it's very weird but to be fair when and this was like a year ago when when the stories first came out the tivoli was uh allegedly going to be like bulldozed yeah uh which has since been they didn't get permission to do that so they can't but it it did seem like they were searching for venues and they were not having a very good time searching for venues. Because um, it's Dublin and it's expensive and there's not a lot of halfway houses between like 400 and 2,000. You know, they, 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 they have a tough balance to find and, uh, and I think they're in a very weird spot growth-wise right now. Right. But hey, look, I mean, if, if they're going <laughs> to... Okay, I, I found out what the deal is here, by the way. Um the arena is actually called the Good Council GAA Club. Yeah, see, they're they're never putting that on a poster because it's not cool. No, and uh, yeah, the Sure Road stuff is actually not on Sure Road. It's just south of it. So it's actually on Davitt Road, which is where the place actually is. Yeah, it's just, um, if you look, if I'm, I'm on Google Maps here at the G, at the Lewis stop. If you are up to the Lewis stop, as it says in the poster, uh, you're looking at a GAA pitch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and not a very good one at that. So uh, um, it, it's it's not only is it, oh god, yeah, it's it it is a very small. Uh, literally, it's called Good Council GA Club. It's right there in the sign. Yeah, it's hilarious that they wouldn't put that on the on the poster, but um, no, it's the arena. So, so uh, that was yeah. And to be fair, though, I think people like again because no one knew what it was when they announced a new venue. People reacted like it was cool. Um, so, so yeah, and the cage match, I mean, look, that's interesting. I hope it's good quality cage that people can see through. I hope it's not a fucking shambles because indie wrestling cages, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough thing to do. Um, yeah. So, so what do you, what do you think is the cage match? Do you think it'll be the Kings rematch? Um, I'm, I'm thinking it'll probably just be, will be Devlin Haskins, to be honest. Um, yeah, yeah that's probably what it'll be. Very, oh, very, it'll, it'll be nice though. They have Pete Dunne announced. And they don't have Bray Strongstyle, just Pete Dunne. Yeah, that which is great. I want a Pete singles match, yeah. Pete Devlin would be very nice for a cage. Is is the champion versus the kind of former long-term champion? That, yeah. Maybe have a match. Uh, possibly tough uh, politically, to put it one way. Well, I mean, Devlin would win. Well, I don't know that I've seen Pete lose a match uh, in a while. Hmm, I suppose. Pete, I mean, Pete, not, Pete can have a word with, 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 with Daddy Paul. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think that like they have any problem with uh, contracted guys losing. We've seen them lose all the time. But uh, champion, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if Tyler either. I don't know if I saw Tyler lose while he was champion. You, might, um, you have a good point. You have a good point. Although uh, a lot, a lot can change before February. In fairness. Yeah, yeah, who, uh, yeah. Who who knows what they'll do? But I, I mean, I would love Pete because that is that is a great story of of you know Jordan and 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 the guy who who was champion for the longest time. That that would be great. There's lots of uh, I think there's lots of great options um, for that card. I mean, they've got so many. Obviously, Chuck versus uh, Angel. 
that's a that's the match everyone wants. Well, um, you're getting Angel versus Martina, so enjoy. Uh, that, d- so. D- uh, yeah. Or oh, we're getting Chuck Taylor versus Martina. There you go. Oh dear. Or Intergender, Keith, Keith, uh, Keith versus Martina. Yeah, Martina's just wrestling everyone in singles matches on the show. She's going to defend, yeah. her, defend the title eight times, and each match will be half an hour long. It's a twenty-four-seven intergender ma- uh, title thing. Um, so anyway, coming. The reason we're sp- spending so much time talking about this is we don't want to talk about post-intermission stuff. Uh, um, two of the matches sucked. So the first match back from intermission was. The Marty Skrull and the Young Bucks versus Dalton Castle and the boys. This was the, the uh, worst match on the show. This was pretty painful to get through. This was like, to, to, it really hit me today when I was talking to someone about why this bothered me so much. And, it, and it's kind of, as I was explaining it, the penny kind of dropped for me. Think of this Marty Skrull compared to 2016. Uh, like the, I suppose you didn't. You even even, even 2017 Marty Skrull. But like the in, in 2016 with the Ryan Smile matches, it was like he's going out there and he's having the best match of the night, working his ass off, treating it like he would treat PWG or or a top level progress show, just having these main event matches, blowing everyone away. Uh, you know, there's a reason he became as over as he did in OTT, and it was not by coming out and just doing what everyone knows the Marty Skrull spots are. It's by having great matches built around that. Uh, likewise, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks, you know, have their, you know, they built their name in, like, PWG and then Ring of Honor, uh, uh, you know, and then eventually New Japan over the years. This match was, like, purposely put together for the people who watch their fucking YouTube show, uh, which, I, which I do not watch, no. which I don't give give a shit about. Uh, and for people who like know and are into the Bullet Club stuff more so than they're into like seeing Marty's girl like actually wrestle. Mm. So what? So the one thing I will say is that the crowd generally loved all the high spots of this match, all the comedy bits. But to me, it was like it was like a skit. It was like it was like one skit after another. It was like. The first bit of the match is Marty Skrull spending most of it whooping and flapping his arms like a bird. Then they do just oh, just like they did in March. The whole, they, the tra- they, they did the train spot. They did they did a train spot, but they, they did the big extended section early on in the match where one of the young bucks puts Dalton in a sharpshooter. Oh yeah, exactly. So. And and they get the, the microphone out and they get the they get their phone out to film a bit for the YouTube show and it's like I we, we're not sticklers for this on this show but the the logic of the match goes out the window while they sit there in that submission hold for five minutes doing basically a, a, a YouTube skit like like everything might as well have been paused like Zach Morris pausing in, in Saved by the Bell because it, because the, the 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 rest of the of the match just stopped existing while they did a skit and Mar- and they did a, a a musical fucking number where Marty Skrull was singing a song Marty Skrull was pretending one of the Jackson brothers was Santa and they were talking about Christmas gifts I, d- I did like his song in fairness I will give him that he could he doesn't have a note in his head uh <laughs> It was a shit song, all right? Um, Club banger, I would say. But come on. And it was like, it was even, 
even in in their craziest days in PWG, like their peak Young Bucks, they always did comedy. This isn't an anti-comedy thing. They they for years they've always done stuff like the spot where they'll they'll do bumbling heel spots where they'll tag in and the guy will trip on the second rope. The Young Bucks will do that. Uh, they'll do spots where they'll clug heads and all this sort of stuff. That's that is part of who they are, but. Like, when I think of how I first came to love them in PWG, that was always a millisecond of the match as they were then proceeding to have... Well, the you, you have your, your, your Young Bucks shirts, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, from, the, from, the, from years I, I was back. wearing my Marty Skrull shirt yesterday. Yeah. Um, this was the worst match. <laughs> this sucked. I I actually forgot that Skrull. Yeah, I mean, you, you actually, yeah, yeah, you've seen a, a good match because they had the we had the Riddle match this year and we had, we had the, the uh, Dunvin Dijak Dijak match. Yeah, there's been some yeah, great so, yeah, Skrull yeah. this year. So that's yeah, that's that's a, that's kind of what I'm like. Like you compare that to this, and honestly, it is like a different person. It is like a different person because he's just he's flapping his arms. And he, again, he always did the super kick spot and the chicken wing, but now like that's it. That's just that's what we, he does. We, we didn't we, did, we didn't even get a finger snap spot. We didn't even. No. You know what it was? They they are Shinsuke Nakamura now. They they've got. I, they just do their their bits what? now. They do their. He does the the. Come on! He puts his head on their chest and shakes his arms, and he does the shaky foot in spot in the corner. Sorry, I've been sh- I'm, sh- I'm actually doing it, and now Natty's angry at me. Um... <laughs> But that's what they are. They, 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 they're, 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 they're at the point now where they can just coast, and they don't need to do the stuff which got them there anymore, which is a shame. Um, and not only that, but this match was so, so long, and was so self-indulgent, and it was just not, not very enjoyable, to be honest. Um, so yeah, and I, and like, I don't begrudge anyone who's like. Like they can get by by killing themselves a little bit less. I mean, that's fine. That's that's great wrestling. And as I said, the crowd was into this match, but this wasn't doing less. This was basically doing nothing. Um, and I can't have uh, this as well after a, a half an hour or what it felt like Martina Angel Cruisers match and yeah. Bobby George. Um, it's just a little bit overkill. This is kind of emblematic of of kind of some of the problems that OTT has, especially when you want to kind of see it as a arrival to like the progresses of the world and yeah. the, the, you know, rev pro is just, it's, it's too much comedy all the time. Like some shows are, are half comedy almost. Yeah. Um, and again, and again, it's just, it's just like not my kind of comedy either. Like, you know, it, it just, it didn't land for me at all. And as we said earlier, it's like Dalton castle, they might as well have just taken three trainees in there uh, in in black trunks and black tights, and had them bump and sell for all the super kick spots, like because they because it it didn't matter that it was Dalton Castle and the boys. Um, you know they did some of their high spots that were fun. You know Dalton throwing the lads over the ropes, which was great. But like it was it was so disappointing. Like if you're a fan of those guys and you want to see them do their thing, that you really didn't get uh, anything noteworthy or special out of. Them. I was super disappointed with this. Um. And, and as you mentioned, like, I mean, this is true of everything on the show, but yeah, it was too long as well. It just kept going and going and going. Um, so yeah, so there was that. So that match ended, the, the Elite won, whatever, right? Move on to the next match. Morley. Phoenix. <laughs> Morley. 
That was also a problem yeah. that these were back to back. Made it even. Yeah, yeah, it was a solid like hour of of elite stuff. So well, let me let, no. From the time we went to um, went to intermission at about nine thirty, I think it was right. So they they put on Twitter that this show was going to end at eleven p.m. No, nowhere near. Um, closer to twelve, I think it was at eleven. Um, but I think we had from intermission at half nine, and between intermission and this one match was a full hour. So I, I would estimate intermission, they said 15 minutes, probably went about 25. And then this match was about half an hour long. So an hour of not good. <laughs> an hour, yeah. An hour so, of slow shite. So, so the next match was um, uh, Cody Rhodes versus Flip Gordon versus Phoenix. As we talked about in the build-up, just the weirdest match on paper that makes no sense at all. Um one thing before we start burying this match, and and this is actually kind of why I hated this match. I know exactly what See, you're going to say. Seeing Phoenix in live, he is the most awe-inspiring athlete. He is like logic-defying in the way he springs into certain positions and does certain things. He is tremendous. He is so tremendous, and flip uh, not. I'm not just going to shit on Cody nonstop, but to be but this is just the reality of what I've made of the match. Flip as well. I also thought in in the high spots he did, super crisp, super talented, great timing. He did a six. He did a double six one nine spot on both guys at one point, and like did have both his feet catch both guys flush in the face, uh, but will not while not actually hitting them. Obviously, like. Those two guys are really crisp, spectacular wrestlers, so I did want to give them credit. But this was another uh, elite member coming out and just kind of filleting themselves for for 15 minutes. So Cody comes out. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, you know, he got a huge reaction. He, he, he you know, has a star aura. He has his cool jacket. Had the Ring of Honor world title, which was cool to see. Yeah. And he had, and he has his uh, his ring, the, the ring of honor that's his gimmick in in ROH. And so he tells people to kiss the ring because that's his gimmick. And obviously, it was like kind of a babyface thing because fans were like begging to kiss the ring, right? So he goes to like the four sides of the ring and he's climbing up the steps and fans are kissing the ring and he's showboating and all this other stuff and it's like, oh my god, do a wrestle, please. Um. So all that bollocks, right? The match starts. We're having a good time. Cody was Cody was fine, you know. He was in place for everything. He hit a couple of cool moves. Phoenix was doing all his cool shit. Uh, Flip was doing all his cool shit. Inexplicably, in the middle of the match, Cody Rhodes swings for I think Flip. Flip ducks and Cody lays out Foxy. Then they do a spot where like Cody grabs the title or one of them. I can't even fucking remember. One of them grabs the Ring of Honor belt, swings for one of them, and hits the other. A big clusterfuck overbooking ref bump title shot spot, right? The match then just goes on for another like six or seven minutes. That wasn't the finish. It was just inexplicably the uh, uh, they just did that. Also, after the, the ref bump, Cody lays out the ref and then immediately kicks flip in the balls and i said to my pal alan who's next to me i was like what the fuck because i don't watch ring of honor i was like is he a face is he because he's because the kiss the ring stuff comes off like 
comes off like a like a champion baby face because the fans are all begging to do it and he's letting them do it and he's asking them to chant for the ring but then he's like laying out the referee and kicking people in the balls i'm like what the fuck is this match uh and then uh ultimately cody won with the crossroads it was a couple of great athletes bogged down in just a shite nonsense story of a three-way i thought well i remember thinking during this match you know what would be great you know what would be excellent? Go on. Phoenix against Flip Gordon. Yeah. That would have yep, been yep. the best match in the show, probably. Um, or even, or even, like, a- any combination of the... I, I probably would have been okay with, like, Cody versus Phoenix. Just give me a, a regular match and take out that fucking ref bump in the middle, you know. Well, Co- uh, Cody came out and, as you say, was doing the kissed ring thing, which felt like it went on for an hour. Yeah. At which point, I, I'm already. It, it was um, like a quarter to eleven at this point, and I'm like, "Can we start the match, please?" Because we have to go home. Uh, we ended up missing the bus. We had to take a taxi. So thanks for that, Cody. Um, which we we go back to the the ongoing complaint about time management, which we we don't need to cover again. But Cody is doing the kiss the ring thing. He goes to he went into the crowd four times to do it, and it felt like he went to the very very top of the arena as well, not just the people that. Do you know how people are ringside if you want to do it, right? Don't, don't be running off into the crowd for it. We've had enough time spent in the crowd on this show that I couldn't see. Um, so doing the kiss the ring thing. Every time Phoenix and... No, I think every time Phoenix and Flip Gordon were, were, were working together was great. Uh, every time Cody got involved, the match would slow to crawl. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, and, and it was kind of blatantly obvious that Cody was going to win as well. Well, yeah, that's the other thing as well. I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff on this show that it was just kind of like the circumstances of who these guys are and who they're affiliated with. One thing I will say uh, is that I mean, I complained when they didn't have the young bucks with locals. I'm I'm glad they didn't have them face the kings because first of all, they would have won, which I would have hated. Yeah. Uh, as uh, they being the young bucks, because because uh, I think it was obvious. The, the, those matches to to cut OTT some slack. Those matches, I think, were obviously constructed the way they were to to have easy booking decisions. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so that so that's fine. So I'll, I'll cut OTT some slack there. But also, I would have fucking hated it if it was the Kings of the North in there for the uh, Duncan Disorderly and the Half Crab. Oh, that no! I would have walked out. I would have walked back to Limerick if that happened. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so yeah, so, so yeah, but you're right. Yeah. Cody winning was, was very, very obvious. I mean, the ring of honor champion isn't losing to Phoenix in Dublin a week before final battle, you know, but this, we haven't even covered yet. The worst part of the whole segment was the whole show, the whole show, the whole, the worst show. Part of the whole show, Cody's 20 minute ramble about how Ireland are going to get the 10,000 C arena, which we don't have one of those, by the way, <laughs> show. Which, by the way, um, he 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 is completely straight faced. Cut this promo, right? What happened was the Cody won, of course, with the crossroads on Flip Gordon. I think it was. I don't remember who who he beat. Get uh, outcome, uh, outcome, young bucks and Skrull again. Again, yeah, again, clapping. Uh, to give Cody the mic, and yeah, Cody Rose goes on this endless spiel about you know, which again. Half the people, half the people, I would say in the audience didn't know what he was on about. Um, about how they've got this this ten thousand seater arena idea, which they're going to do, and they've 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 got it down to three three ideas. They have to find out which one. So they're gonna they're gonna. I, 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 
couldn't believe people bought the the dude in front of me was freaking the fuck out at this. Um, by the way, I, just in, just in case anyone listening doesn't know what we're talking about, Cody and the Young Bucks and Omega are in what started as a weird uh, bet slash tweet exchange with Dave Meltzer. Uh, they they are going to try and run a 10,000-seat venue and sell it out in 2018 because Meltzer said that, that ROH couldn't sell 10,000 tickets for a show. So that's that's the, that's the backstory here. Go on, Paul. So he says they got it down to three locations. Okay, It's going to be the West Coast of America. It'll be the, the Midwest. Yep. Or what do you think the third place will be? And Skrull goes, London, England? And Cody goes, no. No, you silly man. And I, and I goes, yes, that's the actual third option, probably. He goes, no, it's right here in Dublin. Um, and he goes, and, and okay, that would be fun for a little joke. But then they start going, and you know who we're going to bring? You guys want to see, see Kenny Omega? <laughs> One cheers. And then this, this got even more bizarre. Yeah, even more, yeah. this is like something out of a weird dream or something. Um he goes, and then, and then a girl goes, and I've got someone's phone number, and the crowd starts on CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I don't know what's weirder, them saying this or the people buying it. I honestly like. It was for, so for, bizarre. For people, for people who who weren't there, this goes beyond the usual. You guys are the best crowd ever that 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 musicians do at every show. They were really trying to sell this like like this this, this very, is happening. what could what what could be a very historic show is legitimately on the table for either LA, Chicago or Dublin <laughs> which which can't even sell out with John Cena. Oh like, and not only can like, I can, not only cannot sell out with John Cena. This show wasn't even sold out. This yeah, well they said it was sold they out. They said it was know, sold out. Days. Uh the the three seats in front of me and the four behind me disagree. Yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. So there bad. were a lot of empty seats. I would estimate that uh, there were about a hundred empty seats in the arena. So, so like, and and again, like I believe that that Europe is on the table for this show. The idea they would do it in Dublin is just so because, like, Dublin, this this city that has only popped up as a hot wrestling town in the last like eighteen months, and even then, as we said, you know, the the Tivoli shows have not been have not been sold out have been very obviously not sold out i think for a while um and like it's it like if they do europe it's gonna be london or it's gonna be something like that um uh, and as paul mentioned the real kicker here is cody has been very particular about this ten thousand thing we have a nine thousand seat arena and then bigger than that we have just all football stadiums that are like 30 and forty thousand. we do not have a a uh, larger than ten thousand seat venue that he would that he would want. So well, the point is, we probably do have ten thousand seat fo- football stadiums. We only have like Toka Park or or Donington Stadium, but no one's having an outdoor wrestling show in Dublin because it's gonna piss yeah. fucking rain and be cold. Even if you do it in July, that's gonna happen. Yeah. So so I mean like. It was just farcical. It was such like again, and, and was, if you do that, if you do that, eight thousand of the seats are going to be empty. And as we as we mentioned at the start of this, uh, the timing issues of the show, there's there's nothing worse than when a show is going long, and then the wrestlers come out for an RC self indulgent promo. You're like, oh my god, 
just fucking let us get on with it. And I was thinking of the main event. I was like, this is such bollocks. They're coming out here, letting people think that CM Punk is coming next year. <laughs> and they're they're chanting and screaming and shouting and everyone's going crazy. And it's like, the main event has to come out after this. This is such bollocks. Can I, can I so, make a prediction as well? Go on. This is not the VOD. I think that's a very, very, very good guess. Considering they cut uh, Omega super kicking the entire roster in April. Um, and they cut Devlin's promo about becoming the champion, which played into the storyline. They cut it for some reason. Yeah. From the, here's the thing. From the WrestleRama show, I think, wasn't it? That was the one. Yeah, yeah. Because here's the thing. If you leave this in, when this show eventually happens in like Chicago, everyone's going to look like a gobshake when they repost that video. I guarantee so, uh, you it happened, though. Me and Barry were there. We were there, as inexplicable and weird as it sounds, it was. It did happen, and it was again. It was just so like masturbatory of the elite come out just because they know, just because they for they want for their YouTube show, they want footage of cities uh, begging for the show is what they want. Yeah. Uh, and, Do you know what and, they didn't say out of interest that I I found quite interesting? They didn't say, "Do you know who's going to be at the show?" Kings of the North or the Age no. Cruisers, just their mates. Why would they bring any Irish talent to it? That is a that was a great point. They did, it, it was like it was Kenny. They meant they would rather talk about CM Punk than bringing Martina or Jordan Devlin. You know what I mean? Like oh, it was just I oh I hated it. I hated every second of this. It was so, it was so pointless. And again, it was eating into the main event. And then so we get to the main event, right? Which was Jordan Devlin who is doing the import killer gimmick. They gave him a sort of faux Undertaker entrance. Excellent entrance. I like that. Where he came out with a robe. They erected some uh, tombstones with really nice touch. All the dates of the events where he had wrestled imports um, on there. Very cool. Very well done. Haskins came out with his usual entrance. Um, And there's a lot to kind of mention about this main event. The, The crowd were completely dead for this after what was an excellently built match. Um, just very well, we, tired. We had sat through an hour and a half of the elite, uh, of the elite, and it was it was not only was the show long, but the the evening was it was getting very late in the evening at this point. So people were tired. Yeah, so the show the show had been on already for about three and three quarter hours by the time the main event this was starting, maybe four hours. And and not only not only were the elite out there, but they had everyone screaming and shouting about CM Punk, you know. <laughs> um. So, so the crowd were very, very low early on for this one. Credit to the guys. They went out there with this match they wanted to do. They did it. They, it was a deliberate, well-told story. They could have got out there and, like, you know, changed, you know, flipped the script, tried to do something to get the crowd into it. They, they stuck through it. They kind of weathered the storm early on of the, of the kind of tired crowd. And in the second half of the match, I think they really got them into it. There was a turning point where Haskins like locked on the sharpshooter and he leaned back like he does when he's usually going for the finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Devlin just powered through and got the ropes. That was kind of the turning point. I feel like they were, they were into it from that point on and they were into the near falls. Um, so they're so good that I think they ended up having a good match with, with good heat by the end of it. But I, I, but I think this could have been so much better if they didn't have to come out after all that shit. Uh, and I was I was really quite sour about how they were they were done wrong by the by the booking of this show. I feel. Yeah, uh, I thought the match was was really good. It, it kind of probably just due to kind of show fatigue and especially the elite fatigue. 
it did kind of wash over me to an extent. But yeah, inarguably, I think they they had all the pieces there, and it was objectively a, a really really super match. And the the post credit celebration was great as well with the post credits. What I'm talking about. This was a Marvel movie. The post. <laughs> <laughs> then then the Iron Man came out and said, "Devlin, me and you in a cage in the GA hall next week, brother." Um, the they had the the green confetti shoot now from what looked like some kind of wood chipper. They they were just throwing green bags into because <laughs> at one point I think green bag shot out of it just kind of floated across the sky. Um. No, I mean, I'm super happy to see Devlin win. Haskins, really good, but kind of don't feel ever connected. I, th- I kind of feel like he's just kind of, on, on a person- personality level, he's just kind of bland. Um, very happy with the result, obviously, Devlin. It, it kind of felt when they're facing off originally, that felt like, kind of feeling like I get watching a UFC show where two lads who have been kind of built up to have this match, they finally face off for the first time, even though Delvin Haskins obviously had a little problem there the last time, but this was kind of like the, the payoff, you're, you're getting your fight now, and yeah, it was really good, really, really good main event, um, which kind of did a little bit to 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 clean out the, the bad taste left by all the, all the elite shite. Yeah, so uh, I'd be interested to watch that main event back, I, I thought that they really worked a really great story, um, and, and like I said, could have been more heated, but I think by the end they had the they had the they had the fans with them, which is good. Uh, but yeah, just I, I so yeah, I mean, I mean, like I think it's pretty obvious if, if it's not obvious already that we really dislike that elite stuff, and I think it did. It really took the show down uh, uh, in general. Uh, so yeah, uh, Devlin obviously is your champion. Interesting to see who what they announce for February in terms of opponents. If they'll do a Haskins, the Haskins rematch seems like the obvious choice. Whether or not it's in the cage is is uh, another thing. But uh, and just since we mentioned it in the build up, no uh, no follow up on Smile. He was obviously not on the show. Yeah. Uh, not sure. Not sure what his status is. Uh, so yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that was being the elite. I felt like it was a it was a bit of a, uh, a letdown as far as uh, to end such a strong year for OTT. But uh, overall, a good show. I thought uh, not, not a not a great show. Um, yeah, probably the 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 weakest show of the year. I'd say in that it kind of didn't have any. Although I say the, the very strong style match was the best match. There was no kind of really really standout excellent match that would go into like a best of the year list or anything. No, no, and no, no. Uh, yeah. yeah, the elite stuff was really kind of a downer. Um, it was okay. I mean, I, I would definitely lean towards the good side more so than the bad side. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff. Um, kind of even out the the less good stuff. I mean, to tell you the truth, if this was a three hour Tivoli show, and we didn't have the two elite matches, probably would have been a fine level show. You know, it was, it was just kind of those two matches that kind of dragged it down. Like, imagine you went to the Tivoli and you got Devin Haskins main event, Kings of the North against the Rapture. The British Strong Style against the Three Lads. The Angel Cruisers, Martina, Kaylee Ray, Hardcore Match. Speedball, Bailey, Martin, and then Tracy, Bobby George in the opener. That's a, a very good Tivoli card. Yeah, Is and it, actually probably the, the Angel match and the Bobby match probably would have had a better atmosphere for yeah. the Tivoli. Yeah. Oh, well. So, uh, yeah, these, these stadium shows continue to be an interesting subset of, uh, of the OTT world. Uh, and yeah, and it seems like 2018 is going to be a very weird, different year for uh, for OTT, starting with a new venue. So we'll see. Uh, so are you going to that thing in February? I will be. 
guys. You'll be our you'll be our on, on the scene reporter then. Yes. Yeah, um, right. So, but you've been a time off anyway because that that's you know early February, so a month and a half off. So that's good. Uh, yeah. And uh, thanks for listening, folks, to this uh, uh, Be in the Elite review. Uh, we'll be back uh, next. Will we be? Uh, oh, I'm in Dublin next week on Sunday, so I won't be around for the show. So it'll be a Tauri and the Griff special, or they can wait till Monday. It's up to yourselves. Uh, but yeah, uh, and the, the full, the regular CSP episode should also be up as well as you're listening to this, so you can listen to that as well. So uh, subscribe and all that. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.